Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Our next guest, Al May, is our Oilers Now headliner today. He is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brendan Ulrich, the old producer now in Tales from Sales, coming through, hooking me up with Trent and Wilhawk. Paul, you're going to be a happy man. That, that I can tell you. Our next guest, uh, you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. But maybe that's what you want in this opinion-driven time. We welcome back to the show on the heels of a controversial incident last night's Washington Capitals game against the New York Rangers. A man who willed himself to the NHL and his uh worked the last several years as a commentator, a pundit on the Washington Capitals broadcast. Edmonton area product. Alan May. Hi, Al. It's Bob Stoffer. How you doing? Hey, hey, Bob. How you doing, man? Good. I got to tell you, Al, I'm surprised Tom Wilson did not get suspended. I'd like to get your initial thoughts on uh, what has transpired—a five thousand dollar fine uh, so far in Wilson. What do you think? I think he got a zero point one percent fine of his contract, of his full value of his contract. So, I don't know what the deterrent is on that, and. You know, these are the things. I, I don't know why you're surprised that he didn't get suspended because every person that works in the game, whether they're television, radio, print media, digital media, and then you get the fans, whatever side they're on, they're all wrong half of the time. So, you know what, I don't know what to make of anything anymore. We, we've all seen so many different bizarre scenarios the last few years and you think you've got something nailed for a suspension and there's not even a fine. Then you got something you think is a suspension, Again, and like an egregious one, and there's no way that the guy, we have no idea what's what. And it's because I think that Department of Player Safety has put themselves in a bind with so many decisions that could come back to bite them because I think they take social media, uh, mainstream media, everything into effect. 
and and I think it, they make their opinions based on that. And so regardless of what happened with Tom Wilson last night, I had no earthly idea what was going to happen with it. And it was one of those things. I think we saw a Calgary-Edmonton game last year with something like that with a Kachuk brother involved. And, you know, nothing really happens out of those things. So it, it's just... It's just one of those another bizarre instance in the day in the life of an NHL player and an NHL set of teams. All right, so you say you don't have an idea what the Department of Player Safety is going to do. What was your gut feel last night as you watched him? You know, he basically pinned. I'm sure you've lived through those experiences yourself as a player, but we're not playing in a 19 late 1980s, early 1990s world anymore, Al. You know what I'm saying? Well, the guy, the guy that leads the Department of Player Safety, I think, played back in the 70s, 80s, and I don't know if he coached in the 90s. But, you know, it's not my fault what happened in that situation. One of the things I will say, I'm so tired of people sticking up for their goaltenders on little bumps and pushes here and there, and the guy's jabbing for a rebound, and that becomes this all-out thing. Just like a lot of people complain about when there's a big hit and then everyone jumps the guy who made a big, perfect hit. So, you know, it, you just never know. That whole incident started with a slight bump of the goaltender, and then all hell broke loose. And did Wilson get a little carried away at the start? Yeah. And then the whole thing escalated into something else. And because it was Panarin, and he didn't have a yellow helmet on saying that his height and weight, that he shouldn't be involved, you know, there's just so many different ways you want to look at it. I, I'm either right or I'm wrong in every opinion. This one, I'm right middle of the road because I think there's a little bit of blame to go around all the way around. Was there a third man in? There could have been called a third man in. Could Wilson have been called for more than two minors in 10 minutes? Uh, it, it's, it blows me away what, come, what happens now. Like, seriously, we all get paid to do this. We don't know. And it's not like we're all bad at our jobs all of a sudden. There's no one in hockey that knows what the suspension is and isn't anymore and what's crossing the line. Because, you know, one guy, one day a player's being lauded as a hero for what he did. The next day, he's the worst gutless piece of trash in the world. So it's just a confusing times. And I think that part of the NHL really has to get better. And there has to be consistency involved because I've seen plays this year where I thought 100% should have been suspension. And there's other ones that were head scratchers that were suspensions. Al May joining us. Al, it's interesting. I mean, you talk, I mean, there's, there's a couple other facts. I mean, this happened right in New York City. You got Larry Brooks, who's, who's been an antagonist with the, an antagonist with the NHL, has been very supportive over the years of the PA. We know that. Uh, you're a broadcaster that works on a team broadcast. I work on a team broadcast. Believe it or not, sometimes stuff even filters back to us for comments if the criticisms, uh, are seen as, uh, too overt. I mean, I, you know, I, I have people that say, Stafford, you wouldn't say half the stuff you'd say if you didn't have McDavid, but because you got Connor, you want more penalties called. If you, you know, when, where were you in 0506 when the Oilers were hammering on Detroit and, 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 you know, getting that game down all the dirt on the ice? You loved it when Chris Pronger was working guys over because you had Chris Pronger and you didn't have the team with Datsuk and Iserman. And you know what? Some might say there's a degree of truth to that, but Al, do we, are we playing in a time right now? where players can police themselves on the ice. And if they can't, does that make it more incumbent upon the Department of Player Safety to police itself off the ice? Once again, there are no right answers here because everything's too confusing. There is mass confusion. There are people, former players, past and present, that are all over on their opinion on what happened last night. And you would swear that there was an axe murdering. And, you know, the, the, what, what the media thinks they can say, and, you know, some guys, a lot of people in the media, 
they they put their two bits in and you can always bet which guys are going to go after every incident and you know because they were trying to get clicks they're trying to get people to read their garbage and you know their opinions are based on you know they're, they're the five percenters out there so you know can the game police itself you know what i, I always I already thought those days are gone like the, the 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 coaches and the general managers and the league ruined it in the late 90s early 2000s when they had the buffoons on the ice that played one shift a game that went out there and fought for no reason just senseless beatings and fights and there was they, they took the emotion out of that part of it and then you know the instigator thing everyone gets all caught up in the instigator oh you can't get an instigator what's the difference between an instigator and a two-minute penalty it's still got to be a penalty that's got to be killed. So it's a tough, you know what, right now I think really the PA has to set the tone in this as what do they think. And their players are usually led, led any direction they want, but maybe they should hear some voices from, you know, the past players, the great players, the pluggers, and get a consensus on what needs to be done with the rules because, you know, the stuff that goes on social media is disgusting in every direction. I haven't bothered to look at the comments and the BS today that's out there because it's going to be all over the map and people are going to be threatening each other and they don't even have their picture or their name up in their their social media uh whatever you call that their their, their handles or, or whatever it's just it's a confusing time and you know it's just whatever generates the most interest the league acts upon i look back this season mark stone really really good hockey player i didn't like what he did to tyler bozak a defensive player skating down the ice, and he just jacked back into him, gave him the reverse hit. He wasn't even close to the puck. He's about 30, 40 feet away from it. Missed a couple of months. Nothing happened. I didn't even think there was a fine on that one. So it's all over the place, the consistencies of this. And I honestly, to tell you the truth, with the suspensions, I think everything, get rid of the repeat offender garbage and just go after people. It's an automatic two. It's an automatic five. The next time it's a 10. The next time it's a 20. The next time it's goodbye. And, you know, I don't care if it, who it costs a career, but I think they have to handle it and be more consistent. Instead of, well, he turned his skates at the last minute, and, he, and, it, and it's because he did that he put himself in harm's way. What about if that was, was a two-game uh, two suspension or a five-game automatic? Um, yeah. You know, you, I think you'd cleared it up a lot. It'd be a lot quicker. And, you know, once again, remember when they changed all the rules in the game? They got rid of the obstruction. The game was somewhat safer with, the, you know, with, with the hooking and holding and the obstruction when you rode guys into the boards with your hit rather than catapulted them. And, you know, the collisions seem like they're more violent. Are the players faster? They're, they're not like they're not that much faster than they were back when Mess and the guys were running around the league. You know, it, it's, you know, it's not like you can get that much humanly faster on the ice. Uh, equipment's bigger and stronger, almost bulletproof, but imp- impact seems greater because you don't ride your players out anymore. And I don't know what the right answer is, but I thought they over-rotated on all the, on all the calls back then. Uh, you know, it was because the Devils put the trap in. There was so much hooking and holding. But, you know, it, once again, they made the game. It seems like there's more horrific injuries in the game now because, like, uh, say, Garnet Hathaway a couple weeks ago, in the Boston game, got a, got a five minute after they reviewed it. But wouldn't it have been better if Garnet could have wrapped that guy up and took him in the boards? Neither guy would have been hurt. They, then I, they would have battled for their puck. Was that Jared Tenorti that he hit? Was that the play? Yeah. To... Yeah. And, and a lot of people blame Jared, Jared Tenorti gets hit a lot like in, in those different yes, he, situations. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, Brian Burke's been a huge advocate of this. And, you know, uh, you know, you wrap a guy up near the boards, but then you've got to unwrap as soon as you make the impact and there is a part where if you're pulling on the jersey or doing whatever but once the refs need to be held to a standard where they've got to make sure they're making the right calls more often than not and it's confusing for them it's confusing for the players it's a fast game the way the rules are 
There, there's so many things. It, it's, every night's the end of the world in National Hockey League with a different hit and a different game. All right, Alan. Look, when you it was a different time when you played, but when you played the Rangers, like, did you ever go after Brian Leach? Like, would you ever, or did you know that if you went after Leach, I don't know who it would have been back then. I mean, uh, Mark Jansen's was a lefty that was pretty tough. They had Randy Moeller on their team. Chris, there were, Chris, hey, there, were t- there were tougher guys than that on the Rangers when I played. Believe me. And you know okay. what? The game, the so, game, the game all don't erupt- I don't. Yeah, the games, the the games all erupted on their own, and and you know the thing, guys didn't. It was it was players hitting each other, and you know guys looking at each other, and I don't think there was as much targeting as there started to become after I was out of the uh, out of the okay. game. Okay, that's what and I was going to ask you. Yeah, there were volatile situations. We go back to those Edmonton and Calgary series years and years ago. We were all kids growing up in Edmonton. It was spontaneous combustion. And the, that, the stuff that went on then, if you took one of those games, modernized it, the look and the feel of it, made it a today game in one of those games, everyone would be an action murderer going to prison for the rest of their life, according to social media. The games evolved. The games changed. The, the coaches are better. Uh, the, the players are smarter and different. Everything about the game is different now. And I think everything's got to adapt with it. And I think sometimes the Department of Player Safety, they're archaic in their opinions as to what's allowable and what's not allowable. Like, could Tom Wilson have got a lot more last night? I'm surprised he didn't. I, I had a guy text me about 2.30 in the morning last night named Bob Stoffer said he was going to get 15 games. And I just said, I have <laughs> hey, you exposed, you exposed me. Now you know what? Oh, wait, the bars are closed. You know, I wasn't coming home from the bar. I couldn't sleep last night. I'm like, I think your guy's going to get 15 games again because he just got a seven-game suspension. I'm like, he might get 15 games. He got 5000 bucks. Oh. Oh, it's so funny. Wait, you just outed me on the air. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just had to mess with you. But, you know, the big. But you, you honestly felt that when you sent it. And, uh, you know what? I was like, I have no idea. I have no earthly idea. <laughs> wow. And once again, just like, hey, just like the fans, just like the fans and the people that are pissed off that hate Tom Wilson, and then there's the people that love Tom Wilson, uh, it's all over the map. No one so knows. We've gotta, I, that's got to be the thing. And, that really comes and evolves in the game. There's got to be a consistency to all this. And, you know, if he was playing in the Battle of Alberta, either team, and I know there's a lot of guys saying every GM in the league would want Tom Wilson, but I'm sure both teams in the Battle of Alberta wouldn't mind having big number 43 on their side. In a New York second. In a New York second. And I'll I'll tell you what, in the Toronto media market, where I'm sure they're having a heyday with him today, I'm sure he'd be the greatest power forward ever if he was playing on a line with Marner and Matthews, and it'd be maybe the perfect line. And does Tom Wilson have to adjust his game? Damn right he does, because there's going to be a spotlight like there's never been on him before. Yes. One of the big things I think he has to do, and I've said it on your show, the stick has to be on the ice for the hit. He's got to play within the whistles, not after the whistles. Last night was an after the whistle yep. thing that happened. And, you know, we've seen that thousands of times in the National Hockey League, but we don't see it anymore. Today I'm watching the NHL Network. I'm watching, was it the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights last night? Yep. There were 10 guys punching each other in the head near the end of the game. Isn't that a headshot? So it's, you know, there's a lot of confusion on what's going on in the game, what's allowed, what's thought of as really good, and, you know, how the league promotes certain situations and certain hits and contact. And last night, it looks like garbage compared to the way the game is played now. So I'm on the middle of the fence in all of it. And uh, so you can love me on one side, hate me on the other. But I think I'm kind of right in the middle of where this all should be. And, you know, did I think he'd get something? I was certain he'd probably get something. But I didn't think it'd be 15 games. All right, Al, let's switch focus. Uh, Any update on Ovechkin? What's going on there? 
Well, he obviously tweaked what was bothering him, and it took 38 seconds for him to leave the ice. And that's not good news for the Washington Capitals. And the Washington Capitals have been way too newsworthy the last few days. And there have been a little chaos with a couple of the players. You lose Ovechkin, you get Carlson Ovechkin back. Obi last part of a shift. Um, Carlson gets back. Schultz doesn't come out of the tunnel. They start the game, we thought, going to be 11-7-2. They come out of the tunnel, it's 11-6-2. No Schultz on the lineup. Obi's first shift, they're down to 10-6-2. Sometime in the second period, Tom Wilson gets 14 minutes of penalties. They're at 9-6 in the two. They got two guys that violated uh, team rules that end up, one guy goes in the taxi squad, Craig Granderson comes up, TJ Oshie, the worst news of all. And unfortunately, nothing we can do about it, but TJ Oshie loses his dad, who was very well thought of uh, by every teammate and every family member that had ever met the Oshies and, and Mr. Oshie. Um, so there, there's just been a lot going on in Washington. I don't think that's conducive to playoff success. And the, the only thing I really care about is the, the mental health and well-being of TJ Oshie right now. All right. One final one for you, and a funner topic to talk, talk about. Connor McDavid is up to 91 points uh, in 50 games. Uh, the third player in NHL history to have 30 goals and 60 points at the 50-game mark. Only Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux have done it. Obviously, Wayne did that eight or nine times. Lemieux did it, I don't know, two or three times, which maybe says a lot about McDavid. It's amazing what we're watching, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I couldn't wait to get off of my show last night. I raced home uh, within the speed limit. I got home as quick as I could last night to watch the Oilers game because I want to see him get to the 100-point mark. And what he's been doing the last six weeks, or I, I don't know the exact, but all I know is I, I'm trying to watch every Oilers game, and he's been so damn exciting, and he just he's just winding up. He's going end-to-end, end, those crossovers, cutting between players. And every night he, he's just outdoing himself. And as a kid growing up in Edmonton and then as a guy that – was around the Oilers for a touch, and they got to play against Wayne. And then when I was done watching Wayne, uh, he never quit surprising me. And Connor McDavid seems like he's getting better and better and better and better. It's awesome stuff. You did a great job navigating. Those were tough waters today, Al. Thanks for your time. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Tom. I'll I'll text you tonight at 2.30 after tonight's game. Uh, 149 at Edmonton. Uh, Stephen from BC says, uh, actually, there was one other one I wanted to go to first. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Where, where did it go? Inconsistent and confusing, concise takeaway from Al May. And that was uh, a, a perspective. This texter comes in on the Ashley Five Floors text line that stopped the pining for nostalgic days past like it was police safer in the years past. It was worse in the past. Pronger stomping on people with the skate, Messi and Gordy Howe with elbows, Scott, Steve, Stevens, uh, Scott Stevens head targeting, head hits, Ron Hextall stick swinging. The league can get better, but stop saying it was safer before. Again, you can text us at 780-496-00. No two-line pass. The game is way faster today. Uh, players not picking up way more speed. Well, there's no question it's uh, faster today. Um, Westlock Doug texts the show to say, Bob, you're right. The league made it clear they don't want players to police the game, so it needs to be policed by the league, and they are failing. Again, you can text this boy. I've got a lot of responses to his appearance today. Um, Andrew D. says, again, too bad we didn't let hockey evolve naturally. Uh instead of having the league so regulated and controlled. Well, they eliminated that, you know, that instigator, that or they put in the instigator, that changed things for sure. Uh, Trevor, who's currently living in the U.S., says, can a player who gets injured by somebody like Wilson sue the Department of Player Safety? Uh, is that what it will take to get them to do the job? Hmm. 
Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Again, you can, uh, there you go. Keep taxing us, bring it in, and away we go. Uh, one more here. Hey, uh, how about Cole Caulfield? It's been doing pretty good for Montreal since the call-up. What do you think about uh, Holloway eventually? Uh, second in scoring in Wisconsin behind Caulfield. That one comes to us for Mo. Uh, well, I mean, the problem is broken thumb. Hasn't played for a while. So there you have it. All right. Uh, it is currently 152 in Edmonton. Doug says, a good interview with Al May. Truth is, when the league has no idea what a penalty is period to period, no wonder they have no idea what's a suspension. That one comes to us from uh, Doug. And Cactus Jack says, Al is feisty as always. He's a great guest on your show. That was Al May. He was our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Royal Pizza Pizza Pasta is so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. At 152, here we go. One of my favorite moments in Oilers team history. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by Dennis and Jason Laliberti and the team at New West Travel. And back in the 630 Chet Studios is Brendan Escott. 1998, Bob, when Curtis Joseph backstops a 31-save shutout as the Oilers down Colorado 4-0 on the road in Game 7 of their opening round playoff series. Yanni Ninema's game-winning goal came less than five minutes into the first period. Anytime you outduel Patrick Waugh, it's a good day in Oilers history. Patrick Waugh was, I mean, in 97-98, he was Canada's goalie. He was considered the best goalie in the world at that time. And uh, did win multiple cups. Uh, the 89 uh, championship uh, took the Canadians into the Stanley Cup final. They won in 86, lost in 89 to the Flames. Won again in 93. One in '96 with Colorado. One again with Colorado in '01. He was a great goaltender. He'd tell you about it. But Cujo was unbelievable. Colorado had 31 shots in games five, six, and seven. They didn't score a goal in that series after the first period of Game Five. It was awesome, and the Oilers uh, beat an absolute powerhouse in the Colorado Avalanche that year. All right, tonight Reed Wilkins will have. The face-off show, it will begin at 6 p.m. Puck drop at 8 o'clock. Cam Moon will have a call with me along with Rob and Reed. Uh, Jack Michaels and Louie will have your uh, television broadcast for NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet as well. Tomorrow, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network for Mattress Superstore. Uh, like L. May, David Staples, very uh, opinionated guy from the cult of hockey. Not everybody digs what he sells. But uh, he will be joining us, as will NHL insider John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see if it ended up coming in. No. We got a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoons with Jalen and I will mention that apparently there's going to be talks of perhaps more restrictions being uh, placed by uh, Premier Jason Kenney. Eileen will have Eileen Bell. Uh, we'll have updates on the half hour. Jay Lynn will have a uh, conversation around that topic throughout the course of this afternoon. I'll rejoin you at 6.30. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.